Welcome to the Stewardship Podcast, where we discuss how to wisely manage your resources, your influence, and on today's episode, the next stage of life. What does that mean? Yeah, life life is made of stages. Okay. Uh, I am currently in the um, stage of having a two-year-old. Ah. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, I am Daniel. I'm a father of a two-year-old. I'm so glad I'm done with that stage. A father of two... Like, it was fun, but I'm glad I'm not doing that anymore. Yeah. But now I'm in stage of, like, teenagers, and that's that's a whole different... Managing schedules. Yeah. And, and um, emotions and attitudes in mm. a different level. It's well, fun, though. We both have a lot to learn. We so, do. In order to do some learning, we decided to bring someone a little bit older and much wiser than us onto our podcast. We have welcomed to the podcast, and we'd like you all to welcome Tim Reed. Hi, Tim. Hey, Tim. Hey, guys. Great to be here. Yeah. I uh, have to give a a little bit of an intro to to Tim. Um, First, you know, and, and foremost, just for credibility's sake, I guess we'll say that you have about 40 years of education, teaching, ministry kind of career in your repertoire, if we will. Uh, But now you are, quote unquote, retired. And the big reason why we wanted to bring you on the podcast today was to talk about, okay, well, what does that next stage of life look like? Because to me, when you said, hey, I'm going to retire, and we talked about that, being a student of yours, I was extremely surprised. Because, you know, for those of you guys listening at at Stewardship, we have several people who work here that uh, went to Southwestern College, which is now Arizona Christian University, and many of us had the opportunity to be a part of the ministry and the work that you did, Tim, and, and we have close relationship with you. You're, you mentored us. You loved us. You cared for us. Even as we were ran into you in the parking lot on, on the way up to the office here, I got to introduce my son to you again, and you know, he's like, Dad, who is that again? You know, and I'm like, well, if you ever think that I know good stuff about the Bible, it probably came from this guy because he's he's really really smart and uh, he 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 taught God's word to me, uh, which was a which was a cool thing. Um, but you're a very very special man to me and to so many other people, specifically here at Stewardship, and we're grateful that that you're here coming onto the show. Well, great. I appreciate that very much. You you read it just like I wrote it out for you to say, and yep. I appreciate that very much. <laughs> but uh, no, just joking. But uh, it for me, this is exciting because to I said to you guys in class so many times, you guys are going to go further than what I went. Hmm. I just wanted to light the fire hmm. about your faith, about getting into the Word of God, about being a man of credibility, finding your gifts and going out there and helping people, and not just to try to make money, but to, to serve people's needs and and when they are successful, you become successful. And that's really the story of leadership. Leadership mm. is influence, and you've done that. So I thank God for what he's done through stewardship. And, and, and really, you guys have invested in so many lives, and it's made a huge difference. So mm. it's, it's a privilege for me to be here with you guys today. Mm, thank you. Well, you mentioned some things about leadership. Um, you mentioned some things about uh, just lighting a fire. Uh, before getting onto the podcast and hitting record, you know, we talked a little bit about what we wanted this episode to be. And you mentioned to me that this term, you know, well, it's kind of like retire, but it's also a refire. Would you explain what that means and what that's about? You bet. Um, 
I've been privileged uh, 40 years of, of marriage and ministry mm. uh, in the church and in the Christian, you know, university and investing in loving students, like you said, and it's been really awesome. I'm probably with my energy level and and my I learned that from my grandpa who was in ministry for years and, and died of cancer and then my dad who died just a, a Christmas or so ago um, after uh, he had about 60 years in ministry wow. and so for me at 40 to all of a sudden uh, consider retirement well what happened was my heart began to fade and I ended up having surgery uh, having a pacemaker put in my daughter had a special needs baby her third child in uh, on the mission field down in the Dominican and Haiti where they minister so I needed to go there. So I, I decided to step away and uh, and rest a little bit and focus on my family, on my kids and my grandkids. I have four grandkids. Um, both of my uh, blood kids are involved in service projects, you know, in the the area and around the world. And uh, and now that I've been feeling better, it it moved from. Uh, a short retiring to a refiring is mm. as my body began to feel healthy again, that fire came back to me to uh, not just invest in my kids and grandkids, but in back to other people's kids and grandkids. Mm. And so I want to use this next years. We, you know, we don't know what we have left. Right. And uh, so I, I don't want to sit around and just play golf and tennis. Those are, those are great. Right. Um, but I, I really want to do something for the kingdom. I want to leave a legacy like my dad left. Mm. He left some, you know, uh, some different types of of what you would call inheritance mm. pieces, but more than that, he left a legacy of love and grace and mercy, uh, a legacy of giving to the needy, of helping the hurting. Uh, the Bible says that true religions, when we help uh, the widows and orphans, when we reach out to those that are hurting, that are in need, and mm. and I knew there was never a calling to retire from doing God's work, right. from glorifying Him by loving everyone and also making disciples, you right. know, meeting the needs of people. So, there's not, not in Scripture to say we stopped doing that at no. like 62 and a half. Exactly. Whatever, right? And so it, it, let's say the average person in America supposedly mm -hmm. uh, has 80 plus years. We don't know. But, you know, so you think about retiring around 59 to 66, you still have a number of years where – you can allow people to use your cabin for a retreat where you can allow people to use your van for an activity. Um, they can use your boat. They can use other things that you have um, in, in investing in kids' lives and mm -hmm. making an impact. Um, uh, most of ministry is creating an environment of yeah. love and acceptance and belonging where kids can open up and express themselves and their hurt, and we can share the love of Christ, which is powerful, and it changes lives. Mm -hmm. And so you're using the gifts that God's given to you. I think the biggest thing my dad taught me was you got to stop thinking you're an owner, where 10% is God's and 90% yours. When you become a steward, you realize it's all God's. Yeah. And I've been given this gift mm -hmm. to use, whether it's my finances or sometimes it's more valuable my time mm -hmm. than my finances. So I want to use that to you know, raise up the next generation to meet the needs of people, to um, leave a legacy of love and grace behind instead of just leaving a pile of money to my kids that could possibly mess them up. Right. Yeah. And, and 
you know, you and I are connected on social media and I see you on Facebook often. It feels like almost once a week, if, if not more than that. You're posting a picture with an, another person who is currently in the midst of their career. And they might be in the middle of their career. They might be at the beginning stages of their career. But either way, you're using this next stage of life to say, Look, I, yes, maybe I've accumulated some stuff and I can be a blessing to other people. Yes, that's a thing you can do in retirement. But God has given you an accumulation of experience, of wisdom and knowledge, and, and you're connecting with people one-on-one, one-on-few, in a very unique way where you're giving them your time. But yes, that experience, it's so valuable. And when I see the faces of the people on, on Facebook that you're posting these pictures about, I know many of them and I'm seeing them light up. Right. And I know that, man, because of that meeting, not only did they get some pretty decent Tim Reed jokes, but they got some uh, love and, and they, they got encouraged. And now they're going to be able to kind of keep on keeping on in, in a better direction or with even more fervor. And it's beautiful. Well, thanks. Yeah, that's been part of the, the issue for me is um, when you're involved in the church, when you're involved in a small university, those students have become very special to you. Mm. And I hear it a lot from students going, how do you remember us all? And I say, well, it's because I have pictures of you on my prayer wall and my dartboard. Mm. <laughs> and, uh, and if you have to ask, you know where you are. No, but the, the situation is in a smaller school, you tend to uh, involve yourself with these people over a lifetime where you're praying them uh, with them through issues. You're helping them into grad school. You're helping them in the next job. Um, and God forbid you're helping them uh, with a death in the family, mm. or maybe you're doing their wedding, mm. um, or helping in other areas. Yeah. And so this is a great thing. So yes, uh, I try to average a couple times a week over the last uh, year and a half since mm-hmm. I've stepped aside from full time mm-hmm. to invest in their lives. And one of my former students coined it as the, the Tim Reed encouragement tour. And I thought, <laughs> you know, that's kind of what it is. Yeah. I want to get them to laugh. Uh, we cry together. We pray together. Some have been through some serious struggles, either a divorce or death in the family or disease that they're going through. So it's not just to say, hey, look at our grads and how well they're doing. It's to say, hey, we still care about you. Yeah. We love you. How can we pray for you? How can we encourage you? So it, this is something that's simple. This this takes very little education, right? Mm. This takes not super giftedness up front. This is a lunch with somebody. Yeah. And sometimes people... People feel like whatever phase they're in, well, I don't have the upfront gift. I can't play the guitar. I can't, you know, speak or I can't do this or I can't do that. So much of life and ministry and involvement in people's lives that is so powerful is just being there, Yeah, you know, and like I said, laughing and crying together and praying together and listening to people and asking questions and through those probing questions, allowing them to come out. Now, in this newer generation, it's it's almost better when it's not face-to-face, mm. you know, which is hard for me as an old guy, <laughs> because I believe face-to-face is the best way to go, um, even though I have a face for radio, which we talked about before. But the, <laughs> the point is, for them, they feel more open to share their hurts and struggles when it comes to being online. Yeah, And so... 
as an older group, I swore that I'd never be one of those old guys, you know, you kids get stupid kids get off my grass, right. you know, kind of thing. I wanted to be a guy that understood the next generation. Mm-hmm. And maybe I don't like everything about what's around them, mm-hmm. but I love them. Right. And so how do I get into their world and transform the culture with truth there yeah. by being involved with them? Well, yeah. it's fitting into what they have as long as it's not contrary to scripture and the things that are there. So... I've been trying to become more savvy with that of realizing when they want to talk in text and when they want to talk in, you know, as far as social media or when they want to meet face to face. Yeah, that's great. There's so much good stuff that you're saying here. And I want to dive into to more of it in the second half of our conversation. So uh, as we always do, we are going to kind of have a commercial break, if you will, in our podcast, because at Stewardship, we are home loan insurance and investment advisors that serve you with wisdom and love. So, Dan, would you hit him with our one-minute money tip? What's the one thing that you must do with your finances before you go on vacation? Well, I've got my Peach LaCroix and my vacation poncho, my Stussy poncho, to help illustrate the point. When you go on vacation, the first thing you must do is determine how much money you're going to spend on vacation before you spend it. All too often, people will go on vacation... They're in vacation mode, and they get loosey-goosey with their finances. And what happens when they get back? They see credit card bills. They see balances on their checking account and savings account at different levels than they wanted or anticipated. Their vacation comes back with them in a negative way. So make sure you understand how much you want to spend before going on vacation. Make a plan and stick to it when you're on vacation. You know this Stussy Poncho is awesome. What a good one-minute money tip. <laughs> um, I loved it. Yeah, yeah. So, Tim, I'm, I'm loving this conversation. Um, we, have, we have quite a bit of content about generosity. We here at Stewardship really believe generosity is vital um, into, to a lot of aspects of life. But what I love about what you're saying is that you're not talking about financial generosity uh, in and of itself. Although if, if you do well with your finances in retirement, that is something that can be done, like giving generously financially is huge in retirement, but you're giving something that's even possibly more valuable. That's, that's experience and time to these younger people. Um, and I think that's incredible. So tell me more about what it means to be generous. Yeah. It's, it's kind of a, the, the refire thing again of when you stop and you rest and you Mm. refuel and you evaluate the past and what God did and you and you thank him for what he's done in your life and through your life and then you set the new goals of of you know it fires you up to, and I, to, I, I, I want to like pause on that for a second because yeah. it's so important I've talked to a handful of people who have entered a next stage of life this retirement stage that did that that genuinely said okay I'm going to I'm going to pause I'm going to take a moment I'm going to reflect some people are like went on a mission trip or some people just hung out at home or some people went on extended vacations. Some of these lasted several weeks. Some of these lasted a few years. But I think that's important when you're transitioning from one stage to the next, kind of almost in anything in life, whether it's from your initial career into retirement, whether it's from one job to the next, whether it's from being single to being married, that time to pause and reflect, and as you're putting it, kind of refire, look at what Scripture says, and, and, and ask the Lord to kind of bless you in this next stage. That's a big deal. It is. And my mentor, Howard Hendricks, said to me, you know, who you are is more important than what you do. Who you are 
is more important than what you do. So become someone significant. Mm. So the question is, what are you doing to become someone significant? What are the measures you're taking mm. as far as reading the word, as far as accountability, as far as counseling, as far as dealing with your past, as far as education, wow. as far as dreaming about the future? All good know. checklists in that refire stage. Yeah, wow. because once that starts to build in you that it's about who I am and what God can do. Now, back to his point why why am i generous well look what god's done for me in the midst of my sin his son dies on the cross rises again gives me hope and and victory in my life the the most generous person in the world has been god in my life Uh, how can i turn around and judge and and question what other people have done um jesus always uh, loved people unconditionally, but he didn't minister to them the same. He met them where they were and took them where they needed to go. He didn't jump where they are and say, why aren't you where you're supposed to be? Mm. He met them where they were in their need and took them. And so much of retirement is basically saying to your, you know, going to your pastor, going to the leaders in your life, saying, what can I do to help you? Where's a weak area in the church? Wow. Where is something in the youth ministry? Where can a, an, an older person be used uh, where our, our experience can help, but we're not going to hold them back? I think sometimes when an older person jumps up in the church and tries to help, they feel like, well, they're old school. They're going to hold us back in the new ways of our vision. Hmm. Um, no, you tell them wh- what the vision is. We try to fit into where you're at, hmm. and we can make this work. I yeah. mean, uh, people my age have the most time and the most money and the most opportunity to be able to help other people at this point, which is really great. And uh, so I'm excited about spilling that onto other people, about leaving a legacy hmm. of love and grace and service, leaving a le- legacy of generosity, not just you know, living and having fun at the end and then throwing your money and letting people fight over it. Yeah. I've seen it too much that it's really that our inheritance hurts our family mm. after we go. And uh, and I've heard people say they would roll over in their grave if they knew what was going on with their finances at this point because mm. it's not being used for the kingdom and people are fighting and it's called fra- caused fracturing mm. in their family where – setting it up correctly with, you know, meeting with people like yourself to be able to do that in an organized way um, with your money to be given to ministries and and, uh, and nonprofits that would carry out what you believe in, what, mm. your, what your vision and mission is, plus taking care of your kids and grandkids, but not hurting them by leaving too much cash for them, but also in your time being able to invest in and help those around you. Yeah, and and one of the things that I'm I'm hearing you saying is okay, well, you can do this by by jumping in with with your church or by by jumping in and meeting with other people by all these different things. And and I wonder how many people who are listening to this are well, okay, yeah, that sounds great. What I really want to do kind of what Tim's doing when I quote unquote retire and go into my next stage of life. And they may kind of um I don't know if they'll get get paralyzed thinking they have to find an organization or 
an organized way of doing this, which I think you can do. You're definitely involved and organized with still Arizona Christian University. You definitely can get involved with your pastor and your church and, and do it in an organized way. But I feel like so much of what you're doing is just willingness and organic. No one's telling you, hey, call this person this week, meet with this student this week. What you're, you're just looking for needs of people that you know and that you love. And you're, you're just, jumping in with your experience. It's almost like somebody who moves out of, let's call it, you know, the, the, the coaching career in basketball, they can just reach out to other coaches and just ask them questions and buy them lunch without it being organized, right? I mean, exactly. is there a right or wrong way of doing this? No, and the reason why I push organizations is because then we're not reinventing the wheel. Yes. They've already make been it proven. Yeah. They already have accountability. The measures have been put in so that if I give them my money, I know it's being used in the proper way. Right. There's, there's real integrity and credibility there. Yep. And uh, kind of like the agencies that you guys work with that you trust. Yep. The other side of it is... Um, I don't want these people to be locked in in retirement to where they have no time to be able to go do what they want yeah. to do as well. So I want them to be able to have that flexibility to go on a mission trip, to do, you know, go mm-hmm. help at, at different things. But sometimes the church just needs a driver. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they need an interpreter. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they need, like I said, a cabin mm-hmm. or a boat mm-hmm. or, you know, a van or whatever it is. Um, when you look around, sometimes we forget how much stuff we have. Mm-hmm. That, you know, we could invest in these groups. And I guess I, because my heart is so with, you know, children in youth ministry and so uh, with those women who've been abused or having to raise the kids by themselves, I'm going to lean to that side. So what I would tell people is this, sit down with a piece of paper and pen and say, what are the groups that I'm passionate about? And list those. Yeah. What are the groups that I've been hammered by? Mm. Our family's been hammered by Alzheimer's, yep. hammered by cancer. You know, hammered by different types of things, Uh, you know, uh, way back to my great, great, great grandpa who was an alcoholic. And so you have some issues that you want to help people that are struggling with addiction. So these are my passions. Yeah. Besides discipling the young, um, mentoring, you know, those that um, are going to then help the young, which would be our collegians. And so tremendous opportunities but once you rest a little bit yeah realize how burnt out you were mm. and then let god uh, rekindle that fire mm. inside you all of a sudden boo I, I feel it coming alive again where yeah. you know you can tell that i'm ready to preach right now and yeah. uh, ask you guys for an offering but <laughs> the, the bottom line is you you start to feel that again of i want to never get out of this yeah this business of you know, investing in the lives of people and seeing their lives change. It's, it's, there's nothing more fulfilling than that. And that generosity coming out that God did this for us, we are doing that for them. Yeah. What a, what a cool thing. It is. And you are always the guy. Uh, who was involved, you know, like you mentioned earlier in the podcast, energy and stuff. We, we'd have intramurals, Dan, at, at, at uh, Southwestern, and, you know, we play basketball or football or whatever. And, you know, sometimes some staff would come out and watch, but Tim would play. 
Oh my gosh. Uh, he would come out there in his, and we, oh, every time, jean shorts. And you're like, what's he going to do in his jean shorts? shorts. What's this dude's going to do? And he would just murder us, like hitting threes from deep, you know, catching passes, wow. throwing, like, you know, and even now, like I just went and played golf with him a couple months ago, or I don't know how long ago. He's hitting the ball way better than me all over. I was just like, man, this guy just, can I beat him in sports one time? <laughs> but it's just, you know, that energy, you can hear it. In, Mountain in Dew time. really helps. So. <laughs> That's part of your commercial. Yeah, the drink of champions. Duty days. <laughs> yeah, but you know, I I know that there's people listening to this podcast who um, are about to retire or in retirement who are hopefully getting encouraged by this, and, and maybe they haven't done that rest and refire period yet, and they will. Um, but there's obviously going to be some people listening to this podcast that. Um, probably aren't thinking about retirement much. And if they do think about retirement, maybe they had the wrong view. Mm. Um, and now they are hopefully going to be thinking about it a little bit differently. Yeah. What would you say to, you know, those two groups of people as we close, like what's, what's, what's a piece of advice that you can give to somebody who's about to retire in retirement or maybe a younger person who is not there yet as they think about Okay, that next stage of life as I continue ministering. And and I'm not being paid by you guys, so I can say that groups like yours, uh, people need to, you know, whether they're going to buy into any of the product at all, mm-hmm. they need the education from you guys. Mm-hmm. And so I would encourage people uh, within the sound of my voice to call, get some question answered, become more educated on this. Yeah. Because when, when I was young, I didn't have that. Mm-hmm. And so I made mistakes where... Um, you know, I, I look back and I purchased a, you know, uh, a property. Mm. Um, you remember those kind of properties? Yep, timeshares. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And some timeshares are great. Mm-hmm. And they work great. But I got into one of the bad ones. Mm. But then I realized it was killing me. And then I was going to leave it to my kids. So I got mm-hmm. out. Um, I thought I was too young when I first started w- working. I was like, why would I think about retirement? I need the money now. So then I I started at 29 and I should have started five more years earlier and I would have had a lot more. Yeah. So I encourage people to start younger. I mean, people like you always say, you know, tithe 10, invest 10, save 10, you know, mm-hmm. don't go into debt, you know, with, mm-hmm. you know, depreciating items and, and, you know, pay your credit cards off at the end of the month, things like that. I mean, they're going to get a lot of that from people, you know, and finances. But I'm one that can sit here, probably the only one that's going to sit here at this mic and tell you that I wasn't that great with money. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I had to learn the hard way. And fortunately, um, I got into an investment uh, retirement investment when I was younger that I couldn't touch till I was uh, 59 and a half. Mm-hmm. And I can honestly tell you right now, I would have drained half of that or more mm. because different times you go, oh, the kids need braces, all this and that and the other thing. And if you keep working, work the second job, do whatever you got to do to not go as far into debt. But I couldn't touch that. And thank God, I've got a good retirement plan now yeah. because of that, but not because I was a good, you know, so disciplined. Yeah. It was because I was, I couldn't get to it. So, yeah. well, you're saying there, there is a reality when you're in that next stage of life, it does require some accumulation of some finances to yeah. have some of this freedom to do some of this. And, and I mean, the hard truth is 
the more freedom that you've been able to create for yourself in this next stage yeah. of life, um, probably the bigger impact you will be able to choose to make in, yeah. in that stage of life. And we like, we say it all the time here at stewardship, like, yeah, we're home loan insurance and investment advisors, but we want to manage and those finances for you. So then you don't have to, you might be savvy enough or smart enough to try to, you know, do that and dabble in it. But what if you were able to just focus on those things you're passionate about and that those ministry items and things that, that, that Tim is, is, has mentioned because that's the kind of life and hopefully legacy we can help people leave, as you mentioned before. Well, you've used the verse on the show, I'm sure, a lot about where your treasure is. When I was younger, I kept thinking, that's that's the wrong verse. Just like money is the root of all evil. No, mm-hmm. it's not. It's the love of money. When you fall in love with money, then everything else gets distorted. Mm-hmm. When you use money for what it's to be used for, it's amoral. It can be used for good or bad, and it can be used to invest. It can be used to help people's lives. It, the same thing here. When you look down and you say to yourself, you know, it's where my treasure is, mm-hmm. you know, is where my heart won't be too far behind. Mm-hmm. And so I want to make sure that I'm rethinking what my priority is, you know, is my focus on God. I can't mm-hmm. serve God and money at the same time. But if I serve God, you know, it's it's true that, you know, you focus on him, all these other things will be, ta- you know, taken care of. It's because our God loves us, has a plan for us, and wants to meet our needs and help us through. But you know, it's the same reason why you and I just don't tithe 10. We go over above that and we give to causes that we love. Is because as you give, it's given back to you. And that's not the reason why we do it. Mm. We, but he, he, thank God he went past 10% with me. Yeah. <laughs> because, you know, and then I'm stuck with, well, I don't want to give 10% of my stuff. It's my stuff. No, it's, I'm a steward. But I want to, I want to blow you away with one last thought. The greatest example of stewardship in the world is motherhood. Hmm. The greatest example of stewardship is motherhood. Watching a mother with her baby and loving, and it takes time, and it takes nurture, and it takes encouragement, and uh, all of the, the diversity to the whole process that goes on is amazing that that mom would give and give and give and give, not knowing how much time that that mother has with that child. Hmm. The risk involvement. It's, and I, I dare people to do that research and just what it is. And um, to be a mom and to, to steward a child and look at stewardship in a different way than you've ever looked at it before. But I'm just telling you today that if you think legacy and not just inheritance, this next phase will be about refiring and not retiring. Yeah, You'll feel more fulfilled. You'll, you'll, to the day you die, you know you're given everything you've got for the Lord. But you're not living as a workaholic who works till he dies. You're living with a purpose. Yeah. You're living with a vision and a direction that makes a difference. Because there's three things that last forever. God, his word, and men's souls. And I want to be involved in investing in those as I refire, not retire. That's awesome. You know, I Tim, it's been awesome having you on the show today. <laughs> there's been so many awesome things that you've said. Um even me, I'm probably going to have to go back and re-listen to this two or three more times, not only to absorb the passion that you exuded in this episode, um, but also to rethink some stuff. You know, it was really good and challenging, no matter where people are at in their life right now, whether they are in retirement, about to retire or far away from it, we can all look at this. Sure, we need to get our finances in order to create some of that freedom, as you mentioned, but 
really, what what is stewardship to us? And are we going to be a good steward of all the things that God has given us? It could be assets and accumulation of those things, but the experience and the ministry opportunities that are ahead of us in that next stage of life. It's not, it's not retirement. Rest, refire, as Tim said. And uh, hopefully you can make maybe even a bigger impact in that next stage of life. Thanks, Tim. You bet. Thanks, guys.